question. So how does Judaism cope with anxiety? The answer to that obviously is emunah, faith. We are a people that have all the right reasons to have serious amounts of anxiety. We've been through craziness after craziness. And uh, we, we go from one country to the next. My parents are from Morocco and they definitely did not hear of Eugene, Oregon, which is where we lived for five years. And maybe they've heard of LA when they lived in Morocco. But you know, like the way that we as a people are so transient going from one place to the, the other, what was our secret to dealing with anxiety? Here goes a thought that I think is really important. And obviously the picture is the more you put God into your life, the more you see God in the world, the more easy it is to deal with anxiety. It's not, uh, it's not always. There are certain situations which are just filled with anxiety and there's nothing you can do. And there are situations where it's genetic. So that's not what I'm talking about. But in general, the, I'm talking about unnecessary anxiety. Anxiety or panic for things that are simple. You're going into a job tomorrow, you're getting a job tomorrow, a job interview, and you just can't sleep because of absolute panic. And you see somebody else who's going for a job interview and they're calm and relaxed. So what's their secret? Again, it's genetic. It's definitely genetic because some people have anxiety in them more than others. That's definitely true. But as a whole, the Jewish people have what we call faith and that helps us completely helps us with anxiety. It's just letting go, being able to just let go and let everything fall into place. So there's a statement in Kohelet, which was written by Shlomo HaMelech, Solomon the King. And he says like this, he says something really nice. He says, Masha'ya, what was in the past, who already happened. And that makes sense, meaning don't dwell in the past because what happened in the past already happened. But then he says something very interesting. This is in this third chapter of Kohelet, uh, verse 15. He says, what happened already is. But then he says something really interesting. He says, liyot, what will be in the future also already was. That's strange. I understand whatever was, meaning, okay, learn to not dwell in the past. You know, the night before your job interview is a lot more nerve-wracking than the night after the job interview. It's true, you're waiting for the response and you're, you're thinking about how it went, but the anxiety isn't there as much. It's a different type of thought. Anxiety is always an anticipation to the future, at least mostly in terms of the future. So he says, Vashel liyot, whatever's going to be in the future, kvahaya, that also already was. And then he finishes off his statement. He says, and God will always find the person that's after you, the person that's doing this, the cause, he will always pay back the cause, whether it's good or bad, whoever's doing something to you, if he's doing good or bad to you, he will be paid back. These are the three statements. What was already was, actually he says what was already is, and what will be already was, and God will pay back, Yivakesh Nildaf, pay back whoever it was that caused whatever you feel. So, this is a very deep statement and we need to kind of uh, translate it and understand it, okay? So what happened already is, probably should have said what happened already was. What does it mean what happened already is? And we understand that by God, 
There is no such thing. He's an infinite being. And there's no such thing as a past, present, and future. But for God, that's the name, yud Hey vav Hey, is that he's was, is, and will be. By him, he's an infinite being, the creator of this universe, and he's not bound to time. He's not in a physical reality, therefore not bound to time. And therefore, for God, there is a, everything is either is all part of the past, present, and future at the same time. There is no past, present, future. So what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes is already as if it was to God. So now we can kind of understand what he's saying. When he says what happened already is... What happened in the past is like it's happening right now. It's, it's all in the past. It's here in front of you. It's all there. Okay? And then he says, what will be also was. What will be also was. In the future, that job interview that you're worried about, that also was. Meaning, God already knows exactly what's going to happen in the future as well. Right? Because for him, there's no past, present, future. So to put it in terms that we can understand... It's like you go in the road, right? And you're, you're driving and you say to someone, hey, I'm going to be there in five minutes. Now, you think it's going to take you five minutes to get there. But for the helicopter that's on top, high above, they see, yeah, your drive is smooth for the next minute. But in literally a minute from now, the helicopter can see this crazy traffic coming up. You think you're going to be there in five minutes. But in one minute from now, there's just going to be some intense traffic that you didn't know about. But the person that's above that could see the whole entire picture knows that in one minute you are going to be in traffic. So the concept of emunah is to understand that whatever's going to be in the future has already been dictated already for you. And that, in a way, helps you deal with anxiety because it's, it's the nerves of what's going to be in my job interview that really drives us. And when I know that my job interview has already been dictated, so all I got to do is do my best, that's for sure. But beyond that, right, it's beyond me. It, it's, it's not within me. It's not within my hands. And there's an ability, somebody with Emona has the ability to understand that what's not in my control, they just let go. There's this constant hovering idea that's in your mind that God is, is there. He knows already what's going to be. He knows what already happened in the past. What's the point of dwelling it? It's as if it's now. Don't worry. He's never going to forget it. And if you're angry about what happened in the past, it's right there in front of God and he's never going to forget it. So everything's just present. Everything. What's going to be is also the present. And that should be an amazing ability to release from you that sense of anxiety. Now, how do we get to a stage of emunah where we constantly have the idea that God is basically in the world and um, not only is he in the world, but what's going to be and what was and is all considered as the past. It's all in his control. How does a person get to that? Because that really kind of destroys most of our anxieties and I, I go through this, everybody goes through this ourselves. Whenever we're coming to a challenging situation, we really need to, we need to redefine um, our faith. We need to re-strengthen that faith that we have within us. And the way to do that is to, be, when things are good, when things are going well for us, to recognize the good that's going on. So that when darkness comes in our way or when challenges come in our way, we will have that faith. It says, Tov lehodot Hashem. It says, 
in the morning, talk about God's kindness. What's the morning when things are bright, when there's light in the world, when things are going your way? When things are going your way, talk about the kindness that's coming towards you. Recognize the good in your life. When things good are coming your way. That way, when it's dark, when it's not going the way you want it, you will have the faith to be able to overcome the challenges. So this is the way that we deal with anxiety. And that is to bring God into my world. That's to recognize in everything that God is behind it. And also to know that what was, what will be, and everything that is, is all part of the past, present, future, is all part of now. So why would I worry about tomorrow's job interview? I wouldn't worry if it's after the interview. I shouldn't worry if it's before. And that's really the underlying theme of helping me with anxiety. And then he finishes off this statement. He says, don't, don't think... Before I finish though, God will always look after the one that uh, has been challenged and he'll find out, meaning the person that caused you harm, he'll get whatever he deserves. You don't need to worry about it. You don't run the world. A lot of times we go through an interview and we, go, we come home and we talk about how not nice the guy that gave me an interview was. Is that in your control? I came home, I went through the interview, it was, the guy was terrible, he shouldn't have spoken to me like that, he should have been more honest with me, he should have been kinder with me, he should have spoken in a more uh, understanding way, that's not in my control, waste of breath. Halokim Yevakesh Nildaf is the ending of the final statement, which is, all the problems that came to you, that are not in your control, God's going to deal with that. So you don't have to worry about it. You see, you put, you, when you put Hashem in the entire picture, boom, anxiety just like falls out of the window. It's so important. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like playing the game. You know, when you lean back and somebody's there to catch you, you know that game, right? When you lean back, someone's there to catch you and you're like, let, let, lean back. I'm here, I'm here. The more you trust the person behind you, the more you could just let go and just be relaxed, right? How do you build that trust? So what you do is you first say to the person here, let's just go lean back a little bit, a tiny bit, an inch. And then you go back another two inches. You say, come on, let's do another two inches until the guy just does a whole straight fall right to the floor and you catch him right before the floor. The stages in faith. Emunah is not something that you just have. It's something that you build. And the way you build it is by recognizing the good in your life right now, so that when anxiety and challenges come your way, you'll be able to deal with them as well. Um, the way you recognize God in your life is by understanding, contemplating about the world. Today, I was talking about God, right? I was talking about how amazing this world is. What do I mean when I say I talk about God? I don't know God, Hashem. There's no way of knowing Him. But I can see the world and I'm amazed by it. Think about this. Let me tell you something. Have you ever wondered why the seed of a fruit is something that can't be eaten. You know, most seeds of the fruit is something that you have to spit it out. You know why? Because that way more trees will grow. I'll tell you something even crazier. Did you know that the seed of a fruit doesn't digest in the body? It's really interesting. It doesn't get digested. That is insane. Do you know what your body can do? Your stomach digests? It burns everything. It's the strongest set. It's acids on the highest levels. I mean, it burns everything, not a seed. 
A seed has an amazing ability to stay and go through the entire body and then be allowed to be planted somewhere else. You see, in a bird, when birds, you know, uh, do their thing after they've eaten a fruit, and hopefully not on your head, it's happened to me the other day, but when they do their thing and it lands on the floor, sometimes, first of all, it's a fertilizer, but second of all, the, the seed has not been digested. It's fascinating. You just think about that. Just think about that for a minute. Our, our stomachs digest everything, but not the seed. Wow. It's just mind-blowing. When you think about and contemplate the greatness that's going on in this world, right, and you take it, you, you celebrate it. You see, science allows us to see the world that we're living in. Judaism, we need that. We need to see the world that we're living in. I love science. What Judaism does is allows us to appreciate the world that we're living in. Science is there for us to see. Wow, look, binoculars. Let's look deep into the blood and see how it works and, and, and how the atom, how, what's an atom and like how, what's the DNA of a, that's insane. So science allows me to like contemplate on DNA. That's, that's just not normal. And then Judaism allows me to appreciate the world that I'm living in. Because if I see DNA, that doesn't tell me that that's a child. That doesn't tell me, you know, it, it, the, the pain that that child went through. It might do scientifically, but I wouldn't know about it. Meaning at the end of the day, what I want to know is this is, this, is a, this is a human being and appreciate it and celebrate it. So Judaism and science, I think, are two things that need to come together to celebrate the world. And I believe that through uh, science through seeing the world and, and the way it works and the order of the world, you get to appreciate and be in awe of the world more. And when you do that, you can lie back, just like the father that's behind you. You could just let go, relax, right? When you see the order and the greatness of this universe, you just you just let go, like the kid that's behind that just lets the the, the parents say, "Come on, let's lie back, lie back. I'll catch you, I'll catch you," and you're just relaxed. How do you get there? And the, re the way to get there is to constantly work in seeing the universe as, a, as an awesome thing. Contemplating the awe in, 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 the, in the world. And it's an amazing... That's what Maimonides says that. The way to feel great closeness to God, to feel love for God, is to contemplate the, the amazingness of the world. Does anyone contemplate the heart? How many people contemplate the heart? It pumps 80 times a minute, over 100,000 times a day. And if it stops working, we're gone, done. So there's a machine that's constantly pumping blood and it doesn't stop. This machine doesn't end. It just keeps going. It's like, hello, this machine is just boom, boom, boom. It's not a machine that fails. You tell me a factory machine that just constantly is working for 30 years straight, day and night. And if it stopped for a second, it would end. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing what the human being does. And it's, it pumps, I forgot how, the number of, the amount of blood is pumped in a human body during a lifetime is insane. It's insane. Forget about how we process um, uh, bacterias that go through our, bar, our bodies and how we fight them and how we don't go, you know, our skin stays safe and renews itself. The, the, I mean, you open up a car, avocado, you know, it goes black and very quickly. Right? It gets dirty very quickly and ruined. You open a fruit, it's going to get spoiled really quickly. But we as humans, 
you know, we don't decompose whilst we're alive, we slowly, but the, the body is constantly looking after itself. And look, it, it, I mean, when you contemplate the world, there's a great rabbi that used to hang, always walk around with a seed in his pocket. He used to have a seed of a fruit, Rabbi Vigda Miller. He used to have a seed of a fruit and always, whenever he finished his apple, he'd put his seed in his pocket. Uh, they used to ask him, what are you doing this for? He says, because I always want to remember how much love God gives me every day. I, I need this seed to remind myself of how much love I'm getting from God. So that's really the answer to anxiety, emunah. What's emunah? Contemplating the greatness and the awe of this world. And eventually you relax and you can let things go. You also know that what was will be and what is, is all part of one big thing. God already knows what's going to be, so there's nothing to worry about. And then anxiety falls away.